Have you seen Dune yet? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Well, I guess we'll talk. I want to see it in theaters, and I didn't have time to see okay. it. Okay. Okay. IMAX, I man. IMAX. I'm going to tell you that. IMAX. Uh, but first topic, I mean, we're kind of in this kind of scenario right now, right? Uh, I think you more than myself, uh, you know, dealing with your existential crisis. You're um, choosing happiness over success or choosing happiness as success, you know? How are you... How are you navigating that right now? I guess, you know, could, we could be the start of that. Well, I guess, you know, to get started, I'm trying to figure out what happiness means for me. Mm-hmm. Like, what do I want? Like, what, is, what does happiness look like to me? You know, I know what it doesn't look like for me. Mm-hmm. I know the American dream does not align with, you know, my idea of happiness. But, you know, my main goal now is to figure out what exactly that means. I mean, right now, I'm, I'm a simple guy, so, but, you know, it's also subject to change. Like, it's so, I feel like it's, it's so dependent on, it's like so many factors, you know, that go with it. So, you know, you can meet somebody and then your whole idea what you thought you wanted could completely change so mm. it's, it's 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 complicated you know it takes some it takes some introspection and a lot of experiences different experiences to really arrive at what makes you happy because it's it's just not like cut and dry you know mm-hmm. do uh do you feel at the moment or recently, have you self-sabotaged, let's say in the past year, um, because of a pursuit of and whatever the idea of success is to you, and you realize that maybe it wasn't, that it contradicted with happiness? Yeah, man, absolutely. I feel like early, early on, you know, in my life, and I don't want to blame like anybody, be, be it like the school system or my parents or anything because you only know what you know I feel like and when you know better you do better but you know it's like you're kind of conditioned at an early age even when you're in school to be like all right you know this is what you're supposed to do you're supposed to go to school and you're supposed to go to more school and you're supposed to get a job get married have kids have a dog have a house, two vehicles, maybe like a pool in the back. You know, I feel like from early on, you're kind of told what happiness is mm-hmm. until you get to like a certain point to where you're aware enough to be like, wait a minute, you know, I'm an, I'm an individual person. Like, I'm a part of a community, but I have individual needs. So I can't go with what everybody else is doing. And I have to define happiness for myself. I'd blame everything. I feel like that's pretty much what happiness is. I'd blame everything. You blame everything? I mean, not not in the sense of like, it's your fault I'm this way. Like, well, you know, even though it has an effect. Yeah. But yes, I mean, it's, it's, right. it, it all has an influence. And also, I think, is it really happiness? Like when you said, uh, I was told this is what happiness is. Were we ever really told what happiness is? I think we were told what success is. And I think, people have a, a mess, mix up of what that is. Because like you said, you know, the American dream, going to school, all this. I think, granted, our parents don't ever want us to struggle, right? Even though they like to complain about the next generation never struggling. They don't want us to struggle. And so they put these expectations on us and they put this idea of like, this is what you need to do in life to succeed but I think not often, and not and I don't think many parents even do. I think personally, I don't think my parents ever did, told me about happiness and more so told me about success, right? And not, not putting them with the idea that they can't be the same. So I, I believe eventually, I, for me now, happiness is my success. But 
growing up, I think they only told me the idea of ha- of success from their eyes, or at least for um, not having to struggle the way they did. They worked their asses off, you know, they worked hard, they did a lot from where they've come from, the way they grew up, you know, I'm very fortunate, but again, it's that push of, you know, go to get good grades, go to college, get a job from that degree. Usually it's like a doctor or lawyer or, or something that puts me in a position of power to where as long as I'm making money, anything that makes you that will guarantee you a job to make money. So go into accounting, business, stuff like that. So that's why I think part of it, you know, I was, you know, pursuing an accounting degree at one point and, you know, eventually changed it to a business degree. And then I was like, I don't like choosing one path. And that's that's I think that's another thing that hurts me is that in the society you can only choose one path, and it's funny. Well, well, I guess we'll get to that eggs in one basket kind of thing. But yeah, it's it's just like I I I have to do this thing because this is what success is. This is what successful people do, and also I think kind of that pressure of making my of what I think will make my parents proud. Like I've been growing up my whole life to go to college, get this good job and make money. And that's what will make them proud. But that's it. Like they, you know, um, not to say that they're not proud of me now, you know, they tell me that, but just like growing up, it's kind of that, that feeling of like, once I get this job and make money, I can do whatever I want. That's when I'm officially an adult. Right. Um, so so that self-sabotaging thing in the past year, I think I've done it, but not as often just because, you know, I've allowed, I pushed myself to get uncomfortable and put myself in a position where um, I'm not necessarily certain about the future, but it, it makes me, it actually makes me more comfortable because I know I'm not putting myself in a position that, that sacrifices my happiness. <clears throat> um that willingly sacrifices my happiness, rather. Uh, so I'm feeling, and I think that's what I'm going for, more happiness as success. Um, and I think enjoying what I, recognizing that what I enjoy doing and pursuing that passion, right, or making time for it, even if it's not necessarily what my career is, ends up being my professional life, I think that could be, you know, success, you know. And I think another thing, like happiness, <laughs> another thing is, you know, being a simple man, but like you have to eat, right? Like I'm, I'm always like, I just want to do this and enjoy my life writing, photography, but I guess I still have to eat. So I guess I'll get a job. So. And that's the thing, like, I feel, where do you draw, the, where's the line drawn between like being happy and doing what you want? Uh-huh. And... Surviving, you know, because I feel like you can't be happy unless you survive. So it's like a weird, you know. It's like they, it's not like they're they're connect. They are connected, but I don't know how do you how do you how do you mitigate both? How do you just say okay? Of course, you know, do what you love, do what you want, but. I guess you wouldn't be happy if you didn't have food on the table too. So, yeah. Yeah, that's suffering, endless suffering. Uh, now the, yeah, it, it's um, and in regards to so back to the success thing and all the eggs in one basket thing. I think that's another thing because we want to do so many things, and I think you know that I, you know that uh, thing of people sacrificing or giving up rather on their dreams and goals because our society only lets us pick one life to live, like one thing to pursue. Like once you go to school, like it's just like uh, putting your eggs in one basket. Like when you go to school, let's say I'm into I'm into let's say I was into painting, or I was also into ballet. And I was into film, photography, and I also had an interest in history. But I'm also good with numbers, and I know I'd, I wouldn't mind pursuing a career with math. But I can't do that. There's no degree for all of that. It's like, or there's no job with all of that. It's, hey, you have to pick one, and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. 
because you're about to take in hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt to get this degree so that you can do one of these things. And when you do this, you're going to commit at least 40 hours a week to this for the rest of your life for at least 20 years. And then when you're old and you can't move, then you can pursue your other passions, right? And it's funny because when it comes to investing, so investing as a good thing, this is not financial advice. It's just, you know, we, we always hear people say, don't put your eggs, all your eggs in one basket. Diversify your portfolio. Invest in multiple things, you know, in case one thing fails and stuff like that. But then they expect you to do that with life. They expect you to put all eggs in one basket with life. Take on thousands for those who, you know, can't get scholarships, grants, who don't get, you know, tuition paid for that. Get hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to pursue a career that is not even guaranteed, but also that may lead them to a lot more stressful life that they may even not even be fulfilled in. They realize, you know, later down the road, they're not happy with it. And it's like, well, you chose it, right? Like. It, it makes no sense. It's like, and it's the same with buying a house. You know, there's pressures to buy a house. You're getting hundreds of thousand dollars into debt for a house that not only do you not know the value in it, but, you know, the neighborhood could end up bad. You can end up not liking the place. You end up unhappy with your career and the career you want to pursue is on the other side of the country. And it's 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 weird that there's this hypocrisy in that um, in just... You know, pursue your goals, but make sure you have the money to do it or just or don't really pursue your goals. Right. It's it's uh, it's it's just crazy. You know, we're restricted to choosing only one thing. And I think that's what leads to a lot of self-sabotage because I don't growing up. I'm like, I don't know what I want to stick with because I like doing everything. Not literally everything, but I like doing a lot. Yeah, that's um. It is one one key identifier of our generation, but I mean, shoot, I think the only thing you can really do as far as that goes is maybe not seek happiness in the work you do, mm-hmm. but that's also pretty bad because where do we spend most of our time at, you yeah, know, at work? A lot of our time. And that's a whole nother That's a whole nother topic. Yeah, that's, that's a whole, whole nother, nother yeah. That's a whole nother argument. Yeah. Like yeah, you're you're giving up half of your or a third of your day, you know, to this job. Cause you know, the other third is sleeping, right? So and we're working so that we can spend that money during our free time. God. Psycho. Who came up with this man? <laughs> It yeah, it's a maniac. That's why you know. Menace. Yeah, I, that's why I, I want to you know, like you know, like we said, you know, pursue something that makes us happy. But you know, what are we going to be allowed to do it? Yeah, and then you know, at what point is what you're pursuing going to just turn into another job? You know, you hear all the time about either a musician or. I don't know, script writer or something. Mm-hmm. They start out, you know, it's their passion, it's their love, and then after a while, it just becomes a job. Mm-hmm. And some people are able to approach every project they do with the same enthusiasm, but you know, sometimes it's like I'm just, I'm just, this is just what I do to keep myself from starving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's prison of our own making. Yeah, you're not kidding. Did you, so have you, do you feel you've chosen happiness as your success or are you still, um, are they still two different things for you? So the way I see it, it's like, right, I mean, right now I definitely haven't, but now looking in the future, I think it's going to be. It's it's like they have to come. Happiness has to come before success. I think I don't think happiness is something you can like work towards. Like it's like it's not it's like a it's like you already have to be happy. You can't. I can I don't think because I don't. I personally don't get 
that much gratification from I don't want to say all achievement, but I feel I, I like to be content just just being, you know, mm-hmm. not not under any not under any condition. It's like, oh man, I feel good. I just you know worked out, or I just won an award. It's like I like to just feel content, like just existing. I feel like that's the best way to be happy, but that is a challenge. <laughs> If you uh if you hear any lightning or sorry if you hear any thunder, uh, I guess I had a thunderstorm coming in. But um, before we move on to the next thing, there's this quote by uh, this author called uh, named uh, Zig Ziglar. He says, "Until you are happy with what you, with who you are, you will never be happy with what you have." So, is that? Yes, I love it. Uh, uh, next one, you know, I'm gonna. Okay, so this one, it's, it's, uh, I guess it could be a bit nuanced. I want to talk on the pressures of dating within, you know, our own race. The pressures of dating within your own race, uh, such as, um, so in our case, uh, black love and the idea of it, I don't know if there's a term for it for Mexicans, because I am half Mexican. Uh, but, you know, dating within your own race, or at least within proximity of your race, because, you know, it seems like it's still a bit, uh, it's more accept, uh, uh, acceptable, I guess, when you're dating someone that at least looks similar to you within your race. So if uh, if I were to date another person in the Latin community, even if they're not necessarily Mexican, or someone that's just full black, um, or in your case, if you dated someone who's not just black, but also, I guess, uh, also in the Latin part of the Latin community, just because they're within proximity. They're not white, right, or Asian or light-skinned or, I guess, uh, a lighter-skinned Asian, right? So what, I guess, what are your views on it? Do you still feel those pressures now yourself? I do. I do feel, you know, it's just, because, okay, so all my life, you know, since I've been young, I have like family members that would tell my mom they're like, oh, he's gonna end up with a white girl. Like me and my brothers, we call it hell for that. And I don't know. I mean, I guess just because of how we presented ourselves, you know, nerdy dude. Uh, <laughs> I hate when people say that they. Uh, I used to always get, oh, you talk white, that type of thing. Like all my life, mm-hmm. I got that. And it's it's complicated because. For a little bit, a few years ago, I felt that pressure to only want to be with black women because I'm, it's like I wanted to prove them wrong. Yeah. yeah. What people would say or expect of me my whole life. But now, like, it's that's not a good reason to just be, you know, that's not a good reason to be with someone just because you want to appease someone else or prove someone wrong. Because it's like, what are your reasons? Mm-hmm. It's, it's unhealthy. And it's... And, you know, the best thing you can do is, I feel like the best way you can be, because, you know, they see it as, oh, you don't want to be black. But I feel like the best way to be comfortable in your blackness is to do whatever the hell you want. And if that's dating a white girl, Hispanic, uh, Asian, whatever, it's just, as long as it's for the right reasons, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as, of course, as long as you're not talking down on black women it, it shouldn't matter personally that's how i see it it's okay i i'm so i agree me growing up i mean i don't necessarily look like i have black in me uh i guess until my hair grows my fro but it's i i agree i had this feeling of like hey i'm part of this community too um, but not so much with dating. For me, it was more so just letting people know, <laughs> like I'm black, and like the music. My it was more so with music taste, what I listened to, and how I dressed. Someone outside yelling, uh, and so I felt that was the way to prove it. And eventually, you know, I was pursuing. You know, I gotta go to an HBCU and all that 
I'm now, I mean, just out of, you know, coincidence now, um, I mean, we can also argue it, right? Maybe it is subconscious, but, you know, I'm more attracted to people, to women with, um, I'm attracted to any woman, but, you know, my preference, I've noticed that I've been dating a lot of women with melanin, no matter who they are, right? Whether they're the Latin American community, Middle Eastern, Black, uh, but it, it's it's interesting that I've I've when I've dated, you know, I've we've always had this discussion, and they've always said <clears throat> that they've you know felt the pressures too, and uh, particularly with black women, they've always said like at first I never thought I'd ever date someone outside of my race, and stuff like that, and uh, with a lot of you know, when I've talked to Puerto Rican and Mexican women that I've I've uh, talked to, they've they've been more so like they their families want them to date someone within their culture, and so I see the pressures, and I'm kind of on the fence. Like a part of me is, I recognize that I'm going to be seen a certain way if I date someone that doesn't necessarily look like me, but. I'm slowly going to the side of I'm more thinking about what I like now, you know. I'm not, you know, what I'm attracted to. I'm like I'm but it does come up. It does I think it is in the back in the in the back of my mind, it's subconscious of damn, like is this uh how am I being seen by people, particularly family and friends? Because I remember growing up my dad always being asking is she white? Like, I remember he would ask that, like, when I was in high school and, like, after high school, when I still lived with them, like, is she white? Is she a white girl? Or, you know, or they, like, what race is she? And I guess in some con- some context, that could make sense to ask what race she is. But it felt, it always felt like it was a matter of, like, she has to be a person of color, right? She can't, like, if she's white, then it's going to be feel uncomfortable, or like a betrayal. So it's felt weird. And I remember I dated so many, or at least I talked to so many white gr- uh, girls when I was younger. They were the ones that were around. They were the ones, honestly, that were the only ones that were attracted to me. But it was it was just like this need to like, I had to get this approval. And so now, I don't know, I feel, I want to say I'm not, it's not in the forefront, but maybe, you know, it, it is there. I don't know. You know, I couldn't really exactly tell you unless we actually sat down a while and talked about it. But so, yeah, I think this, the pressures are still there, especially for a lot of people, for people that we end up talking to. And it's a, I guess it's a, it, it can also, I think it can affect the people that we end up dating too, right? How they're going to present us to their family and stuff. I do admit a part of me does understand that if I date someone who is lighter skinned than myself, whether even if they are part of the Mexican community, because a lot of them are um, white passing or um, Eastern Asian, or a lot of them are white passing or even white, I do understand that they may not fully understand my life or the life of my family. And I will have to explain it. And I know a lot of people prefer not to explain it and prefer not to date those pe- people because of that reason. I get it. Um, I, I I don't want to go drift too far. So I don't want to drift too far. So I'll, I'll try to come bring it back about the pressures that y- we ourselves feel. Because I don't want to go drift too far into a, a other conversations. Because this could go a million ways, right? <laughs> right? Uh, do you think that this idea or this pressure of dating within race... Um, this pursuit, does it allow people to easily get manipulated or or lead them to settling? Yeah, man, I, I definitely think so. And unfortunately, it, a lot of it falls on black women, I think. Mm-hmm. Because I feel, I, you know, I'm not in the, in the circles. I have friends, that are, I have black women friends, of course, but, you know, it's just based off of, like, the media that I see, you know, in different shows mm-hmm. with, with predominantly black cast. One of the things I noticed them saying 
is like, it's like you have to look for the eligible, as a, as a black woman, you have to look for the eligible black man, you know, and it's like the pool is smaller, you know, you have, and it, it's like you're, you're trying to check off boxes or something. Mm-hmm. And it's unfair to them because that's the, that's the only pool they feel like they can they can pick from. So yeah, and a lot of the times that can lead to them settling for somebody that's just that happens that has that's black, but has just they they can may only be able to find someone that's good enough, you know, and not someone that they actually want to date. Mm. Man, wow. Hey, I could I can see that I. I, I definitely can see that. I think uh, within, you know, just there. Yeah, there is a. I think that it's the women settling. Yeah, that you bring that up. It is the women settling, right? Because, uh, I mean, we are trash, right? We we allow. It ends up women settling. I, not to say men don't settle either. Cause a lot of men settle. And I see that a lot, too. And I see a lot of people unable to let go or look at these issues that someone may have. But I do see a lot of people uh, settling because I have to have this idea of love that society praises and that my close, that the people that I'm in within proximity, the people I'm close to family and friends, that community is praising as well and will you know, look to me as that ideal couple. Um, so I guess. Relationship goals. Yeah, the relationship goals that everyone wants. Hey, I have this. Against all odds, I got this person. And I can fix him or I can fix her to to fit that image. Just enough to when we're in public, it's good enough. Right? So... Yet people end up settling or it allows manipulation of, you know, overlooking certain issues and people take advantage of that. You know, you know, I, hey, this is the person I want to be with or, you know, the idea. And I think I've even, you know, allowed that or I've come close to, you know, settling or sticking around longer than necessary because it's like, oh, if I can get this person then I'm good. I'm like, yo, look, look what I have. Right. You know, and uh, it's less of, you know, the compatibility we have. I, I, have you, have you dealt with that at all at any point? Maybe, you know, I don't think I ever looked for that. Like, but again, I think subconsciously it's like so ingrained that I can definitely see, looking back in retrospect, or in hindsight, I can see a lot of interactions that were the cause of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's, it's, I feel like it's almost inevitable. It's like, it's like you gotta go through cycles or something. It's like you gotta go there in order to really understand what, like, what it means. When have you been a trash uh, boyfriend? No, so let me let me let me go back. When when have you have you have has there been a point at all where you've been I guess not the ideal um, partner and the other person maybe overlooked those things or allowed you to be a certain way? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can definitely see because it's like. And she would, I remember, you know, I, I would, she would even say, like, that, that was, that's exactly what she would talk about, you know, black love and having an all-black family and it being like a, it, it seemed more like a, a, uh, it's like, it's like, a, it's like so, it seems so frantic. I can't mm. think of what it, it's like, it reminds me of something, but. You know, it seems like uh, we have we have to do this. You know, we have to we have to save the 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 institution of black love. You know, it seems that's what it's that's what it feels like. It's like put into the it's like put into our heads so that we have to uphold this this institution. You know, 
Mm. Or else it'll be, you know, you always, you always see those those hotel videos about how they're trying to emasculate the black man and they're trying to destroy the black family unit <laughs> and all this other garbage. Man, that's a whole nother, that's another conversation about talking about the hotel, man. <laughs> and yeah, but yeah, 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 I, I, I get you. I see, I see you. Yeah. It's funny the people that wanted that would bring that up the the hoteps supposedly quote unquote um, are usually the men that are like a woman I need a woman you know that can cook for me take care of me and the kids and you know da 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 and you know these are the same men that you know aren't you divorced five times not to say you know marriage defines your relationship like you know like weren't you like aren't you like accused of this and that aren't you like weren't you unfaithful like. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, by the way, to this man, uh well, that's another conversation. But yeah, you know, yeah, just you know, the people, these, 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 uh, yeah, these men that like to tell people how tell women what they should be. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, that reminds me. So here's another thing. Which, what you said, with your story, I remember I was talking to someone. She has she had, uh, has a kid, and you know you know I told you about her, and you know it was very much like that starting on the first date of I you know they need you know I want to make sure that he has he, you know he has he needs a he should have a man in his life and, you know it's like it's not that I can't raise him myself but he needs a man in his life and then you know that was brought up on the second date as well and. You know, and going into that and just, you know, uh, of he needs someone. And I already knew. So not even kidding. Within the first week, I knew we were not compatible. And but we went on the second date. By the second week, it was like, yo, this I was, this is I don't want kids. Right. I told her I was like, uh, or at least I, I'm not ready to you know, have a child in my life. And she went off. She was just going manic, just, you know, off on me. And it was, and I saw that it was kind of a, from my perspective, it was kind of a desperation of like needing that. And, you know, like this perfect family, like, and I get that because, you know, it's important. I think it's important to have two adults um, in a, in a child's life, you know, doesn't necessarily need to be a mother and father. Uh, but you know, to have more than one person to take on that load of a child and, but I, you know, it was kind of, it was just in my face about that. And so, and I've talked to other people and they've also been the same. And I think that goes into another conversation, you know, that I've had recently, uh, or at least a few months ago with someone that brought up, you know, that I have the, you know, being a man, we have the privilege of not wanting kids, which we can go into that another time. And yes, you know, this, this, there's that, you know, settling because the, for the sake of children, you know, these, these kids need another parental figure. And then there's the pressures, you know, the race thing. Cause I, I also had issues of like, I can only date Latin or Latinx women or black women when I was uh, in my late teens. I was like, this is the only people I can date because that's my race, right? Ethnicity. Race and ethnicity. So uh, I think I almost, I think I could see myself almost settling in the past. And maybe I did, right? So I think I allowed manipulation. I think I was on both ends. I think it was, I was on the ends of like other people willing to settle for me and me all overlooking and almost willing to settle for others, so uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting. I I don't I feel like I'm always grow you know always growing up. I I'm still not grown up. I'm a grown ass kid. You know, I'm still not an adult. I I, I think uh, man, relationships are hard. Man, it's a, look, the only thing I learned from growing up is that nobody's grown up. <laughs> It's like you grow up and you just see the. It's like all all old people are just like kids that are wrinkled. You know what I'm saying? What? They're just wrinkly. What? 
grumpy kids. What? Bro, like, I don't, nobody, I haven't really met that many adults, for real. Like, there's not that many, for like, for real adults, mm-hmm. not that many, man. Mm. Not that many. <laughs> I re- remember when we were uh, freshmen in high school, you look, you look at these seniors and they look like adults, and now when I look at 20-year-olds, I'm like, damn, you're so. You're a kid. Like <laughs> exactly. you look you look like You're a child. You're a you baby. Look, you look wild, man. You look you look young. So and like even now Bright eyed and bush tail. Even now, like I look at people our age, uh and when I look at other people, like when I look at you, it's like, man, you could be college aged. Like you look like you could still be in college. So it's just stuff like that, and you know, it's I think a lot of it has to do with getting older. Like I, when I grow up my facial hair, man, I look I look my age. Uh, which I guess could be in a good and bad thing, but man, I was like, man, you know, it's I don't have anything figured out. I'm, but then I could, we could also be the the you know the the ones you know there are other people that are you know got things figured out, and that kind of goes into the our previous topic of success. You know, the, the pressures of success because you know these people have starting their own business. You know, everyone in the world has to start their own business for some reason. You know, stuff like that, but. Everybody. Yep. If you're not, then you're not successful. No. You heard it. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> the pressure. So the pressures of settling. I'm getting. My mom, like she's the one. She's like, find someone to get married. Like, you know, you need to you need to find a place to live because I keep moving around. I feel like you need to find a place to live so you can finally find a woman and stuff like that. Just it's 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 crazy, you know. Or like you can start a family finally. You know, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot that I, I feel. I hope I don't succumb to settling. I want to f- be with someone that I'm actually happy with, and that understands that I ain't shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that. You know, like well, both of us aren't right. Like not me, but also her. Just no. like we're both like we can't. Fulfill everything for each other because we're both trying to figure ourselves out. And I, that's another thing is that we want someone that's all for us, but including myself, I want someone that's all about me, but I know they have lives too. That's the thing. Like, I'm, it's that back and forth. And I think I got to, you know, sometimes shut up when they're trying to do their own thing. And, and so I think I got to respect that and, and not, and I don't think that's settling. I think that's more compromising. Uh, I think whenever you involve another life, you have to compromise, uh, whether it's a dog, a child, or a partner, or friends, right? So I think uh, you compromise. Uh, I think we did. I think this is a good conversation. We kind of moved away from the race thing, but I think it goes into a lot of other aspects of relationships because a lot of that ties in together. I think the part of race, to be honest, I think is much more as we dive into it, it's very minuscule compared to everything else we want in a partner, you know, as I think as we learn, you know, learn about what we want, what we really want, I think it's very minuscule. Um, but it is a big thing. I think it does affect our partner. It is a big thing. So I don't mean minuscule, but I think there's such a broad scope of what, what we need in relationships. So uh, that was, that was good. I like that, that, how we diverged into that. Uh, I think there's a lot more we could say in regards to relationships, but I, I like that we kind of stuck into the main point of, of that. Uh, do you think, do you think you'll, do you think that, does that cross your mind as far as race when you're dating someone? Right now? It does, man. It's, it's one of the first things like, as, as much as I want to date anybody I want, you know, race no matter what race i know that there's going to be times when it's going to be really convenient if we were both the same race like if i was meeting their family <laughs> and they happen to be white like that's i'm, I'm gonna feel weird it's inevitable like i'm going to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. like that's you know it's gonna it's it's, it's inevitable it's gonna happen mm-hmm. so I, I definitely still i still think about it i try to i try to cross you know, worry about things as they come and just worry about like them me actually wanting to be with them, but 
I, I definitely still think about race. Hmm. Like I, I think that's it's impossible to separate the two, honestly. But I you do what you actually. Now that you bring that up, even if you date within your race, I think there's a lot still to talk about because now I think about it, you know, there are these pressures, especially within you know. Uh, the black community and for me also within, you know, the Mexican community or Latin X community, uh, this certain, I guess, expectations. I think that, uh, there are in others, right. The this patriarchy that affects everyone. There are, you know, these pressures on others, but I think it's, it's a lot of, uh, you know, black women are put at the bottom and then, I've I've experienced that a lot of you know even my mom she's like marry someone that can cook right and clean. No, I mean she said marry someone that's smart too, but she that's the, always a focus. I remember growing up is marry someone that can cook and clean. And I know I see you know on social media about people you know uh uh. Latin women speaking about how they feel this pressure to only provide a child. And I, uh, I remember oh, someone I used to work with, she said she, she believes in the, in the, uh, what, what is it called? Where gender roles, uh, the, you know, she said a, a woman should be cooking and cleaning. That's what she said. She said, a woman should be cooking and cleaning. Guy should always pay for the day, always open the door, all be the one to bring the money, make should make the most money and all that. And and I was talking to her. I said, well, what about you? Like she I was, you know, asking, you know, you work, you're you're both working, you're both tired. Why are you expected to put in the extra work to cook and clean for this person? And, you know, um, she said that's just how it is. And then she, you know, she tried to add more. She said, Well, that's if I don't work. And I said, but that's not the point, right? I was like just asking because in general, I think if you don't work, no matter who, you, what, what gender you identify as, you, I mean, I would hope you contribute something. So, I mean, I'll st- I'll be a stay at home dad any yeah. moment or a husband. But yeah, so Absolutely. I think I think a lot of it, you know, there, there's always that conversation because at least for us, right? Being, uh, I, I say there's a conversation with for us because. You're, we're dating someone that's the opposite gender of us, or the uh, you know a woman, and so there there's a lot of things that women deal with that we should talk about. Like, what is it that you're dealing with? Um, no matter your race, and if we are dating someone who is uh, a Latin community or a black woman, what are you dealing with? What 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 can I do to make you more comfortable? So I think it's always going to be a conversation. Also, you have to understand what we go through as well, or at least I would expect you to, right? Try to understand, right? As uh, for me as mixed, for you as as black, right? So like, what are we dealing with also? So I think it's always going to be a conversation no matter what. Um, so uh, at least for us. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is definitely should be a, something to seek out. You definitely want to be with someone that's willing to. I mean, you'll never truly understand what somebody else is going through, but at least be willing to listen and, you know, help them in any way. I remember one person said they don't even, because I, I remember one person said they don't like to talk about this stuff. And I was like, well, that's that's too bad. <laughs> like, I, that's too bad, you know? So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wonderful they get the luxury. <laughs> right? Like, I, I, I uh, think. <laughs> Which is yeah, that's another that, again, that's another conversation. People well not even that, people that look like us that don't want to talk about it. That's that's the thing that gets me. That's the thing that gets me. When people, they're like, I don't mm. want to talk about politics or I don't want to talk about this or why does it like that's the gets me when we go into so um yeah. Like <laughs> and if I wanted to settle with someone that was my race, I'd have to find someone that was mixed like me. Which I'm sure I could find them if I looked. But that that'd be work because then they also like it's not it's not as common and it's also they gotta are we compatible like that's another thing like and that's where it goes into settling like it doesn't matter this person is looks like you so yeah all right my sentiments exactly
I mean, and all and oh, oh, there's another thing: the fear that your race will be eradicated if you do interracial dating. <laughs> it's not happening. Like what? You know, like it's just it's. I think it's similar to uh, <clears throat> when people were talking about during you know uh during the gay rights when the people were you know voting on that when that when that they weren't allowed to marry yet and people were concerned about them marrying for whatever reason and uh people were like well it's not like they're like they can't they're not they're not having kids they're not the ones you know having kids so you're trying to eradicate them but you know they're still coming up they're they're popping up right it, it's not like like, what are you, you know, like, they're going to raise a child and turn that kid gay. It's like, well, I'm the one that's actually giving birth to the child or cre- helping create the child, right? Like, I'm, it's it's my partner is the one that's giving birth to a gay child. So, like, it, it's, it just makes no sense. Blame them. It's their fault. Yes. Like, blame the heterosexuals. Straight, straight couples, <laughs> straight make, couples are heterosexuals make homosexuals. Yeah, straight bro. couples are ruining this country. Right? So... Like me and my partner are ruining this country because we're going to give birth to a bunch of queer children. Like it's, it's, you know, yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't think that would ever happen. I don't think Spanish speaking, Mexicans, black people, Puerto Rican, any, they're not going to be eradicated. Their culture and their race is going to continue on because there are still those who still not only follow, you know, that. Um, misdirected idea of you know dating within your race but it's it's uh you know we're st- sticking around we're sticking around we're not going anywhere you know we ain't going nowhere <laughs> man yo I, I i realize yeah i agree even though they say like uh Go ahead. oh what was that Go ahead. I was, I was going to say, didn't they say that eventually there wouldn't be any races? Like, it'd just be one homogenous mixed That's not true. race type thing I don't believe on? in that because... Really? Nope. Because race, for one, is not real. Also, it's... True. There will always be people that are lighter and darker. And that's what race is based off of. It's not based off ethnicity or culture. It's based off how you look. And they will always, the higher ups will always find a way to divide people. So, you know, closer to white yeah, skin. Thick eyebrows versus thin eyebrows. Well, that is that. Even, I mean, I think skin color is still going to be a thing because the closer to whiteness you are, the better you are. So everyone's going to try to look white and you're going to discriminate, you know, general you is going to discriminate against people that look darker. So it's always, race is never going to disappear. There are always going to be people that are trying to look white or trying to look, you know, as much to, as close to paper as possible. And then there are the, I mean, we already have people, it's it's funny, I mean, even now we see it, you know, people are trying to look dark but not be treated that way, right? Like, you're trying to still, um, like, these women out in the sun, you're trying to still the same complexion as my sister but you don't want to deal with the same implication that my sister deals with being that color so yeah it's you know that, you know you're trying to look like her but you you don't want to deal with what she deals with because of her features right so uh i think so i don't i don't see that ever happening um because that's a way that's a you know that's a way to divide people so i i, I don't think it's ever going to happen i used to think that when i was younger uh because I saw it on Broad City, um, Alana, I forgot her last name. I don't want to, I, I have a name in my head. Glazer. See, I was thinking that, but I was like, I don't want to say that because I don't know if that's her last name. But her, she did, she did, uh, I remember they made a joke in that show that was like, oh, don't worry, in 50 years we're all going to be brown and queer. And I like that sentiment, the idea, because I can see that being a possibility, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I see, as far as sexuality, I see people being more open. Uh, but um, as far as race, I think it's going to be, it's going to continue being a divide. Because, um, you know, you're going to say, continue being people that are super pale and people that are dark, dark skinned 
right? So just like Elias Glazer is a liar. So <laughs> no, she's amazing. She's huh? amazing. That show is amazing. Broad City is <laughs> incredible. I actually really like that show. That show is amazing. So um, I think Aquafina trying to is trying to try to copy that a little bit with her show, but I'm having issues with her now that, as I'm oh, learning I about it. Uh, yeah, she's done. She's yeah, I, I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her act, her fake accent, ghetto accent. Um, so black accent, her black accent. Yeah, which actually that's a good point because watching the show, I, I kind of like the show, right? But I did notice I was like, am I used to her voice now? Because I thought I was just used to her voice. I said her voice doesn't sound the same as I remember, and I was like, oh, maybe I'm just used to her voice. But then people, you know, I started seeing that people were bringing it up that she was using a black scent in the past. I was like, oh, that makes sense. I was like, yeah, she was, she had a black scent in the past. That's what stuck out. So, and uh, she even admitted that it was, uh, it was the only way to get to where she had, she wanted to be, or at least close to it. And then she said, but then she said she would never, she would do that, right? But she said she would refuse to do an Asian accent. Which is, yeah. I was like, she said it was like it was the same as minstrelsy or minstrel show, and I said it's and which is not the same at all. Um, they're like minstrel show was the term given to shows, like specific shows, right? But she said that's what it was like, and she said she refused to ever do that. So it, it's it's just interesting, you know, that you know kind of goes into that privilege of, uh, you know, that Asians have. Uh, which did you see that video on Twitter of that um, old Asian guy uh, yelling at the the young black kid? Um, the kid didn't have a mask, but he started yelling at him. The Asian guy started. The old man started yelling at him and saying, "Do you speak English?" Right, and you know stuff like that. Really, yeah, you need to go back to where you came from, learn English, and I was and I was like. Okay, the irony. That's the privilege, right? Because if anyone said, because if anyone, if you yeah. say that to him, it's racist, right? It's it's racist. It's rude. Because he's like he's like I'm from Hong Kong. I learned, I know English, and the the kid's just trying to you know ignore it. But and the kid can't hit him, and the guy's like hit me. But if he hit him, that's 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 Asian hate, right? So it was it was a. But if it was a white guy. People would have been all for it. Punch that racist asshole and all this. But because it's another minority, it's an issue, right? Particularly Asian, because I think people would have been okay with it if it was... I honestly think people would have been okay with it if it was a Mexican, if he punched them. Um, it's, 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 we, it's weird. So I think recently there have been a lot of... Uh, a lot of... Uh, weren't there like a few hate, some hate crimes? I mean, they've been going on for a while. You know, with the pandemic and all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, last year, yeah, it's been it's been horrible, right? And it's but it still doesn't excuse it doesn't excuse that. that, Yeah, because if anyone did that to him, he would you know he'd say it was racist and all that. So it's it's that privilege and that protection that he has, and uh, which goes into my other point. So there's this protest going on, right? You know, to you know, net supporting the Netflix LGBTQIA plus community to take down Dave Chappelle's special, and one guy posted had a sign. I forgot. I don't know exactly what it said, but it was protect. It was he was in support of Dave and his special and saying like protect comedians or something. People, the that that the other protesters took it down, started calling him names, and then they claimed that he had a weapon. Like we said before, I don't know if it was if we if we posted it. I don't know if we edited it, edited it, edited it. I can't say the word. I don't know if we put left it on the podcast, but we talked about you know like intention doesn't matter because it's what you actually did. You know the actual actions, and that's where you know I have the issue with Dave Chappelle. You know you can say you're trying to put two people together, but you didn't, right? You you said things that were uh potentially mean and hurtful and it you know i'm i'm all for you know if it offends people right and it's uh, like it's a it's not just one person it's a, a lot of people that have issue with it so yeah let's take it down but it was kind of proven his point when he said people 
you're only part of the community until it's time to be white because i don't i don't see a single person of color or group of people of color saying that someone else has a weapon because we know how that goes when you claim someone has a weapon we see that what happens right when someone pretend claims that they see a weapon we see what happens to that person they end up not getting out of this situation alive and so this protester protester was also white with all these white people saying he has a weapon uh, and you know it kind of reminded me of like when uh, you know when the white women start crying on TV they're like oh i feel a, i feel attacked am i getting attacked no one of color is going to say that because we know what happens when someone says a person of color particularly a black man is attacking them we like no so that that was a that was an example of you know this white like you're you're part of the community until it's time to be white you're gay until it's time to be white. You're, you know, you're lesbian until it's time to be white. So yeah, I, I, and I actually, you know, aside from that's that's something I did agree with him on, but you know, of course, his his general argument I didn't agree with. But yeah, I I I, I can definitely sympathize with that. I can agree with that. Yeah. So, but all right. Oh, another thing. Doesn't um when you said uh when you were, remember when you talked about brush your teeth and then don't you mouthwash for thirty minutes doesn't doesn't uh, mouthwash have fluoride? Yes, yes, I heard that mouthwash. Wait, I think only the ADA approved one has fluoride. I could be wrong. No. Well, I'm pretty sure mine has fluoride. I'm not sure. I don't know, I need to... but I, I'm with you. I I you know. Um, but the thing is, I don't know if I'm going to be around the house for 30 minutes and remember to use. Oh, yeah. So, like, remember I was saying, like, it's, it's divided. Yeah. You know, it's divided right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, which I feel like as long as you're brushing your teeth, then you're good. You know, brushing your teeth and flossing, mouthwash or no mouthwash. Mouthwash, do you think, do you think mouthwash is optional? Because I see optional as far as mouthwash goes, but... What do you what do you think about that? I'm mixed. I think mouthwash kind of kills a lot of other germs that you know because you're not you're only brushing your teeth, right? And then of course you're scraping your tongue, right? But I think there there's bacteria all over your mouth, so I think mouthwashes could be necessary, especially in the back of your mouth. Because you ever, I remember eating something. I think it's like spicy foods usually something that's acidic. The taste stays there even after you brush your teeth and like in your throat. So I think even after I brush my teeth, if I like burp, I could sometimes taste. So I think mouthwash could probably help back there. Uh, it's kind of like a, a pee trap, you know, kind of like, you know, stays there, kind of keep the gases from coming up. So, uh, so I mean, I, that's why I would use mouthwash. That's actually the primary reason I use mouthwash is to get rid of the gas, like the smell of, in case I burp or any air that comes out of my, you know, my body. Because brushing my teeth, you know, I'm trying to keep my teeth healthy, tongue healthy, mouth good. But I think mouthwash is more of the smell. Uh, and I guess extra bacteria as well, you know. So it's kind of a mixed bag for me, for me, you know. Watch people listen, they're like, man, this guy nasty. I disgusted as hell. <laughs> Gross. Uh, yeah, so I do use mouthwash though. Um, but you, you got, you got anything before we we head on out? Um, you know they say you're supposed to drink 64 ounces a day, but you know of water a day, right? Mm-hmm. But that is one of the things that is it. De- it's, it depends on the person, you know. Depends on your exercise level, mm. the size of the person, the climate the person's in. Mm. So before you drown yourself in water, make sure you're thirsty. You know, drink when you're thirsty or when you need it. If you exercise, drink more water. If not, if you're just chilling for that day, maybe maybe keep it to maybe keep it to just enough to where your to where your you know your urine is is the 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 right color. Mm-hmm. I forget what they say. It's like not it's not supposed to be like clear, right? It's supposed to be like if you drink, if you like drink, too, that's a sign you drink too much you know, water. There you go. 
There you go. So, yeah, that's that's all I got. You know. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Y'all take care. Remember, check up on each other. Check up on yourself. Until next time, we out.